0: Welcome to Season 4 of the Book Marketing Action Podcast. Over the past three years, we've been featuring exciting guests, real conversations, and actions you can take to reach the biggest possible audience for your work. We'll continue that this season, and we're taking it up a notch as we seek to bring you cutting-edge insights not only about marketing, but about all aspects of your journey as an author. We can't wait to share everything you'll need to be successful in spreading your important work with the world. I'm Becky Robinson, your host for the Book Marketing Action Podcast. I'm also the founder and CEO of Weaving Influence, the author of Reach, Create the Biggest Possible Audience for Your Message, Book, or Cause, and a strategic book marketer, avid reader, runner, mom, and wife. Thank you for choosing to learn with me, and I hope you'll take action as a result of listening to this show. If you benefit from the show, please subscribe, rate, and review to help us reach more listeners. Also, be sure to visit WeavingInfluence.com and click the blog tab to find all the notes and links for each show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Book Marketing Action Podcast. I'm your host, Becky Robinson, and I'm so glad to be together today with fellow Barrett Kohler publisher's author, Allie Green. Welcome, Allie.
1: Hello. How are you doing today? I'm great. I have just gotten back from recent travels and I'm getting adjusted to, to time zone. So lots of coffee today, but very excited to be here. Awesome. Well, as we get
0: started, could you tell our listeners a little bit about your work in the world and your recent book release?
1: Yes, so I have been a remote worker since 2014. My background is in people operations, dealing with things like employee engagement, talent acquisition, building culture. And for a big chunk of my career, um, that's been all while working remotely and most of the time while traveling the world full time. And so how that relates to my book is a couple of years ago, a big thing happened in the world that impacted how everybody Uh, reacts to work in their relationship with the office and with work. And for me, it was life as normal with a few small changes. But I had this really big fear that if people didn't get to enjoy the same learning curve that I did in my career, that the opportunities and the benefits of working remotely would be lost on them. And Two years later, we're still seeing the media being pitted against each other with return to office, hybrid and remote work debates when really there's a way to just do work differently to offer more flexibility, freedom and to allow people to focus in very unique ways. And that was the the motivator behind writing this book and being able to share this knowledge with the world. So I don't think you said the name of the book. Um, yes, the co-author. <laughs> so the book is Remote Works, Managing for Freedom, Flexibility, and Focus. And I wrote it with my good friend and a fellow remote worker that I met in Cape Town, uh, Tamara Sanderson. And so it's also really cool about the book is we did the whole experience of writing, finding a publisher, editing, promoting all while in two different locations and two different time zones. That's amazing. Well, so, Allie, the reason I invited you on the show is
0: because I've been watching your journey. We met, you know, about a year ago, and I've been watching you as you've been preparing for the launch of your book, and you had a really unique approach to leveraging a virtual event for your launch. So I want to talk about that first, and then I want to talk about just generally some of your lessons learned as a first-time author. So let's start with uh, the unique virtual event that you planned. Why don't you tell us about how you set it up, why you designed it that way, and then we'll talk a little bit about what you experienced when you had the event.
1: Yeah, that sounds great. Um, So it's really funny, like already just being on this podcast targeted towards authors is making me um, feel a little bit outside of my comfort zone. I'm still trying to figure out if I identify with being a writer and an author. And when Tam and I were sitting down thinking about how do we want to promote our book? How do we want to celebrate our book? What are the things that authors normally do? A lot of it just felt strange to us because we didn't necessarily identify yet with being authors of a book, even though we have one that is published and it's something that we worked really hard on. And so instead of trying to totally change our perspective and learn best practices of a new industry and a new kind of persona, we decided to lean into the content of the book itself and work from that angle. And so a book being about remote work and about virtual um, tools and how you can really connect with people in a distributed environment, all led us to creating a Uh, kickoff for for the book, a launch party, but really with the, the strengths we had, which was how do we create an event that is inclusive of people in different time zones, knowing that people get last minute meetings put on their calendar and they cannot attend the whole thing, and providing content that's not just celebratory for the book, but also really driving home lessons learned from the content of the book itself. And so that's really where the goal of this virtual event came into play of why don't we make it hybrid, for lack of a better word, of a conference related to remote work best practices in a way that is true to our tone of voice. So more casual, more fun, um, really hitting home on sort of hot topics that people might not have seen over the past couple of years, and also celebratory. So bringing in guest speakers that are people that didn't necessarily contribute to the book, though there were some of our featured experts in both of the book and the event, but but just people that we really respect and look up to in the world of remote work that are our internet friends that we wanted to share this time with. And so that was how we first started to decide that that was the route we wanted to take. And I can dive into some of the details over why certain choices were made um, as we continue the conversation. Sure. Well, tell me about how you
0: structured the event and the timing relative to your publication date.
1: Yeah. Um, So we planned it a week before the publication date, and that was so we could continue to drive pre-orders. A big goal for us personally was to get a certain pre-order target on Amazon before the launch date went live. And so instead of celebrating the week of, we wanted to do it a little bit early. Um, The event itself lasted three and a half hours, and it started at around... 11 a.m eastern time and that was so that people in Europe could join live for the first part of the celebration if they wanted to before they wrapped up their day and the second half people on the west coast could join while not missing out on a bulk of the content. And so we found from a synchronous time zone perspective that that slot of the day works very well, but we also knew that it was quite a long event um, and that we weren't expecting people to show up live and stay for the whole thing. And so the way it was structured was in two main parts where we had content and celebrations in both parts of the event before and after a break And in the break, we encourage people to get up and do their own thing, respond to emails, go for a walk. Um, The tool we used itself had little yoga videos and hype music that you could play to keep the energy up. And also knowing that not everybody would show up live, and that was a, a huge part of the planning decision process, was to find a tool and capabilities where we would we could record content and use that content along with the speakers to share later on throughout this first month that the book is live. And so by doing the event a week early, it gives us a time to edit the content and then have, while the book is still fresh in people's minds, time to share that content back with them in bite-sized pieces throughout the next couple of weeks and months. So what's the platform that you selected, Allie? Yeah, so we looked at lots of different platforms. Um, Ultimately, we ended up going with one I never used before. It was called Run the World. Um, And the reason for that is just as authors who are bootlegging um, the budget for promotion, we found Run the World to be the perfect combination of price, functionality, and fun, um, fitting kind of our casual vibe. But there's lots of other great conferencing tools that we looked at that also have this engagement beyond just a a webinar and so one of the ones that unfortunately we didn't use but I think deserves a shout out because I'm a huge fan of them is a tool called Hopin, where you can create virtual booths and have people really interact with content um, in the platform itself. Wow. So we're going to want to make sure we grab those links to
0: put in the show notes, Allie, so that if people are looking for innovative platforms to host their virtual events, they can find out more from you. So I'm curious about what your expectations were for the event, Allie, and um, how the reality matched up.
1: Yeah. um, So our expectations were we wanted to get over 100 people signed up for the event. Um, We beat those expectations. So that was great. I think Even though we had the expectations that not everybody was going to show up, at first it was a bit jarring for me feeling the pressure as the author and having such a personal connection to the event to see that play out in reality. So I think one of the biggest lessons learned is even though it was a remote event, and I love doing remote events and sharing content in virtual settings, having the responsibility as both the organizer of the event. And the author was more like vulnerable than I was used to. And and so showing up as a expert on remote work on somebody else's webinar on somebody else's podcast and then seeing it for yourself, having your emotions and your rational thought line up all at once as you're about to go live was something that I wish I was more prepared for. In the end, um, the numbers matched our rational expectations. I think we had 43% of the the attendees sign up live for a certain portion of the event, um, which is great. Um, But seeing that number live on the screen um, shook my confidence a little bit to be very vulnerable. And it was something that Uh, Looking back, I wish I could have prepared myself as if I was not the author, almost.
0: Wow. Well, thank you so much for sharing that vulnerably, Allie. I think that there are so many points in the author journey, if we're honest, that we want something more than what we actually
1: get. Yeah, I think it's really interesting how much especially if you're an author who's been on this journey for for multiple years to see things finally play out in pivotal like pivotal benchmarks of the journey and have to really put into place okay thinking about this as my rational self, thinking about this as a business owner, thinking about this as an author, thinking about this as a creative person. And sometimes your creativity and your hopes and your dreams and your emotions behind why you even wrote this project or, you know, started on this journey. And the intellectual person of, you know, for me, the professional that has lived a remote working life up until the point of writing this book and finding a way to make both Parts of my personality happy was a very scary part of the journey. And that culminated in this event, Um, especially virtually. There was no, okay, I'm with my co author and we can, you know, give each other a high five, physically be there in the same room and feel each other's energy. Like that never happened for us. So we had to find other ways to celebrate, other ways to give each other feedback, to check in throughout the launch period to make sure we were on the right track. I'm curious, Allie, what else you would want our listeners to
0: know about the experience of the virtual event.
1: Um, I think that people are, and this is something. This is something I would say to people in a remote work setting. And so, another thing I learned in general, and then I'll, I'll focus on the event, is everything I know from a remote work standpoint. I should have and could have applied to the book writing process earlier. And so as it relates to virtual events, something that I've been saying as a remote work advocate is people are finally starting to burn out on sitting in front of their computer. We have the capability now to go back into the world and co-work with people and be in real life again and I think people are craving that human connection that a virtual event needs to be uniquely special for people to want to show up live or purposely asynchronous so that people can digest the information in their own time and so that's something we tried to do with the format of having the event be debates and be fun and silly because it matches the tone of voice in our book and also know that people will absorb the content asynchronously. But advice I would give for people moving forward is could you just do this asynchronously and feel that it is both a good ROI intellectually and emotionally fulfilling? Yes or no, that's a decision you would have to make for yourself. Or is there a way to really bridge that fun And that learning together so that people will show up live. And how are you going to structure that and set expectations with people ahead of time? And for us, it was, hey, we know this is long. We don't expect you to show up the whole time. Come join us when your favorite speaker is on. Or come join us for five minutes and share some love in the comments because there's a way to engage with us. Um, and let us know you're there for support and then go do your life. And and so we started off the event saying you do you. We know that people have meetings, meals to cook, kids to take care of. We just appreciate that you're here. Um, And I think the more you can set those expectations with attendees beforehand, the more successful your event will be. That's super helpful, Allie.
0: And a question that's bubbling up for me, not knowing about the platform that you used Run the World, were you face-to-face with your attendees or were they behind some kind of like event wall?
1: They were behind an event wall. Um, we could bring people on stage if we chose. So we, we brought some speakers on stage that shared pre-recorded content and did little interactions with them. And then there was a way to communicate with us through chat and through sharing of emojis. And we had an optional networking party afterwards so people could match up and just get to know each other. Very cool. Well,
0: let's go a little bit bigger picture, Allie. And I I so appreciate your openness about sharing your journey. And I'm curious, as a first time author, if you would share with us some of your other
1: lessons learned so far. Yeah, definitely. Um, so going back to the comment I made around, I wish I took more of my remote work best practices and put them not just into the content of the book, but into me as an author um, is the biggest lesson learned with the, with the book itself. So some some of the things that I mean when I say that is Having very strict project management routines when it comes to writing the book. So, even though writing chapters was a very creative process, and Tam and I started writing the book before we even knew that we had an agent or a publisher um, and deciding that we were going to actually fulfill this journey. um, Because of that, we didn't give ourselves necessarily deadlines until we had the publishing deal. We didn't necessarily you know, communicate those deadlines to people that contributed to the book and information got out of date because people moved and then we wanted to send them a book, but we didn't have an updated address on file. And so a lot of the the project management logistics is really where I I look back and I say, oh, I wonder if we could have created a template for that. I wonder if we could have automated that. I wonder how we could have put that in a system that everyone had access to so that we didn't need to ask them to update their information. They could just update it themselves. Um, Those are things that I would recommend for remote work teams, Uh, yet in the creative process, as a first time author, I was just going with the flow and learning that writing a book is not that different than managing a project, um, even though I thought it was. So so that was like very cool and interesting to see. And when it comes to marketing and promoting and, and all of those things, knowing what you have to do, but not having done it before, the thing that I learned the most is that and we talk about this in the book as well. So it's really funny. It's about like learning what, what boosts your energy and what drains your energy, what makes you feel more motivated at work. I thought that promoting the book would be a really big energy booster for me because I love connecting with people. I love talking with people on the subject of remote work. It's something I care about a lot and I love building community, but it felt really awkward to promote the book for me. And it actually drained my energy more than I thought. And therefore the activities that I committed to took me longer and it was hard to plan my productivity. And so I wish in hindsight that I beta tested that and did my own energy tracker for book related activities and thinking about what it feels like when it's me putting myself out there versus me putting a a product or a service out there. And how the lessons that um, we wrote about in terms of self awareness, structuring your day, setting deadlines can all really directly correlate to the creative process of writing and promoting a book. So, Ali, I'm
0: curious about where you go from here. So, your book's been out at the time of this airing, maybe about a month. And what I heard you just say is that you thought that the marketing activities to promote your book would give you energy. Instead, you found that they drain you. So, in terms of seeing the book marketing as a long-term engagement, what are your next steps for identifying the parts of this that will fuel your energy?
1: Yeah, that's a really great question. So um, I think it goes back to redefining the activities involved to market the book. And so what is really nice about Remote Works is that it's built for the persona at work that I used to be. And I can emphasize a lot with the challenges that people operations at remote companies had in trying to educate managers on how to be better at remote work. And teaching people and helping people is such a core motivator for me. So instead of the activities of promoting the book, that is just email everybody and ask them to buy the book. Balancing that out with activities like getting in touch with learning and development departments and seeing what their challenges are and how the book can solve for those actual problems that they're facing. Or sharing more content in bite-sized pieces from the book that might be useful for the community of remote workers that I'm in touch with because I love connecting with those people. And then continuing to do the other stuff because I think it's important to still, you know, send out email reminders to people that I know have read the book and have yet to leave us a review. And if that's one of you listening, please go do that. Um, But to, to not try to do that in sprints. Because before, when I was trying to do a four-hour chunk of work of only doing that without getting the instant personal like gratification of I'm helping somebody, which there's ways to market and help people, I, I learned that I need to have a balance. And so moving forward over the next couple of months, finding that balance in the activities that we're doing. So... Um... I'm also curious about what, if any, surprises
0: you've had so far on this journey.
1: Um, I think the biggest surprise is how rewarding it is to hear from people that I didn't specifically ask to buy the book or read the book that's already reached out and has shared that they found information useful or reviews from people we don't know who shared an appreciation for our humor in the book because that was something that is very true to me and Tam. We wanted it to be approachable in language, but also we're nervous about how that might be taken seriously as a business and a leadership book. And to know that that is resonating with people and that was the initial goal is rewarding beyond words. Well, I love hearing
0: that. So um, Allie, what else, if anything, would you like to say about your experience marketing your book so far?
1: For anybody who's about to go on that journey, be patient with yourself. I think you'll definitely have imposter moments. And actually, Becky, it was in a, a weaving influence networking event where I received advice that two things can be true at once. Like you have to protect your own energy and just do the things and know that you're doing the things. Um, and be proud of what you've already done. So like, don't let those imposter moments bring you down.
0: Thank you so much for that, Allie. So at the end of every episode of the Book Marketing Action Podcast, we always want to find a couple of action steps that we can recommend for those who might be listening. And as it relates to this idea of managing your energy at work, I wonder, Allie, if there's an action step that you could recommend to authors who may be struggling or finding that the marketing activities are draining them. What's one action step they could take to find those parts of book promotion that really fuel them?
1: I'd say one is make sure you document and write it down. So it's not just an idea floating in your head. Um, to be a little bit self-promotional, even though it's awkward for me, we have an energy tracker for free that, that we provide in addition to our book. And I think for a lot of people, they have a gut idea of what they like and don't like, but if you let it ruminate in your brain, you'll end up procrastinating versus if you're able to do a diary study of yourself and reflect and write down what you like and don't like, you can tactically see this is a bucket of activities that I know boost my energy so I'm going to focus on those and prioritize doing those and for everything else think about are there ways to outsource this are there ways to get people to come and help me do this whether it's friends volunteering or paid freelancing work Um, or go back to that initial question of do I actually need to do it what is the impact versus is there something that looks a little bit different than the norm that will work for us. All right. Well, I'm going to have a little intervention, Allie, because that
0: was not self-promotional. What <laughs> I heard was you have a lot of value to offer and you're letting people know how to access it. So the constant reframe I always give authors is book promotion is not self-promotion. It's message and value promotion. So I love hope it's that. And way. I'm learning
1: things too. No, I'm learning things too as a guest. I love this. So yes, um, we have lots of tools and I think, you know, remote work, and writing a book are not too different. And now that I've written a book, I've realized that. And so a lot of the tools that we share on managing your energy, thinking about productivity, thinking about if something really drains your energy and you don't like it, can someone else do it? Delegation skills, like all of those things should be thought about when you're doing a book. You don't have to do it alone on an island. Awesome.
0: Well, I'm gonna give one more action step. Ali. I heard you say that you wish that you had applied additional project management to your book marketing journey. So for those of you who are listening and who are looking to be more effective uh, it, as an author, as a book marketer, I would encourage you to take to heart what Ali said about project management. Did you want to add something? No,
1: just that I, I agree. Project management to me is the key of life. Sometimes I know that sounds very dramatic, but we, we talk about it in our book that the change of work from office to remote is that everybody becomes a project manager. And it couldn't be more true that if you're an author, you're managing the project of your book in the same way that if you're a knowledge worker, you're managing the work of what you're trying to produce and create for yourself or for your company. And it seems so obvious in hindsight, but when you're in the heart of things, it's hard to step out of that.
0: Thank you for that, Allie. So before we wrap up, I want to let people know where they can find out more about you, your work, and your book.
1: Yeah. um, So I love connecting with people on LinkedIn. That's my platform of choice. So I'm Allie Green with an E at the end on LinkedIn. And you can also follow along Remote Works, Remote Works Book on LinkedIn, and remoteworksbook.com on the web. Awesome. Thanks so much.
0: So as we come to the end of this episode, thank you Allie for investing some time to share your learning and enthusiasm with us. If you're listening today and I can be of any help to you, you are always free to email me. I'm Becky at WeavingInfluence.com. Take care. Hey everybody. Thanks for listening to the book marketing action podcast. If you haven't already, I hope you'll buy a copy of my new book, Reach. Create the biggest possible audience for your message, book, or cause. When you buy the book, you'll unlock a free course of Reach resources with more than 50 additional learning resources available exclusively for those who buy the book. Find out more and find links to buy the book at beckyrobinson.com forward slash book. If you've already read the book, I'd appreciate an Amazon review. Thanks.